Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Dave Mabel. I know you're here for Katie Compton, but before we get started with my conversation with 15-time national cyclocross champion, I think it would be helpful to understand my relationship with her and the objective of this conversation. A good dozen years ago, I started an Iowa sports magazine. We covered endurance and action sports, sports like bike racing, running, swimming, triathlon, etc. I first met Katie at Jingle Cross when that race was in late November or early December, and I've had the privilege of getting to know her at cross races throughout the years. She's always been super kind to me, even taking me for a ride in her Porsche for an interview during the Trek CX Cup a few years ago. You want to check out episode number 13 of Bike Talk with Dave for that one. It's worth the listen. About a year and a half ago, the cycling world was shocked by the news of Katie testing positive for a banned substance. Ugh, I couldn't believe it. She's always talked about racing clean. I know, I know, everyone does. But for some reason, I believe her. And there were definitely weird circumstances around her positive. She was told six months after a sample had tested negative that it was retested and it came back positive. And then boom, that's it, she's out. Four year suspension, which was a career killer. It's a sad way to go out after such an incredible lifetime of racing bikes. She fought it for a bit, but how can she find the exact stuff she ate, took, drank, whatever, more than six months after the test had already been cleared? And why was it retested in the first place? Odd circumstances around that as well. Unanswered questions for sure. And quite frankly, we'll never know. Only she and her husband Mark know the real, actual truth. But just for the record, and you'll probably be able to tell my bias in our discussion, I believe her. So my goal isn't to do an expose on Katie Compton, did she, didn't she. What I really want to do is have a discussion about athletes' rights in this whole anti-doping process. It really doesn't seem as though they have any. If there's a positive, see ya, you're out. Good luck proving your innocence. So I just wanted to talk to Katie about her experience with the World Anti-Doping Agency, or WADA, and the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, or USADA. And I also just wanted to check in and see how she's doing. I, for one, missed her last season. Well, now that you have my background on this week's podcast, I think it's time to get right into it. So, ladies and gentlemen, 15-time national cyclocross champion, and so, so much more, Katie Effen Compton. Katie, great to see you again. To be honest, I, uh, and I'm sure I speak for others when I say uh, you were missed this uh, last <laughs> fall at the... Uh, well, at the, uh, what have I been calling it? The, uh, the Holy Week of U.S. Cross. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we missed you there. And, of course, uh, uh, Fayetteville in, uh, what was that, January, February? Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. Um, so how have you been? Um, I'm doing much better now. It was obviously probably the worst 12 months of my life. Um, well, I guess it's 18 months now. Well, it seems like, uh, I don't know, it feels like forever. Um, yeah, I'm doing much better. I actually, I like my life better now than I did when I was racing. Um, I like my job, coworkers, 
I like being in school. So um, I've got a great therapist who has been amazingly helpful and helped me kind of get through. Actually, didn't help me kind of get through. He helped me get through <laughs> like all of it um, and to be in a much better place now than I was. So I'm grateful to um, kind of be on the other side of everything. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's, you're kind of always working to be on the <laughs> other side of it. I'm sure it's not a like, Hey, I'm done. Yeah. Kind true. Of thing. True. I mean, it, 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 cycling was obviously, it wasn't a part of your life. It yeah, was huge. kind of who you were for a long, long time. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure it was a, uh, was a challenge. I want to talk to you a little mm -hmm. bit about that transition. Um, but before we do, like, mm -hmm. tell us what you are doing right now. If somebody doesn't know, um, yeah. So I, so last year I got my, uh, I went through the C, uh, certified nursing assistant program through the community college here, um, and then got my state license to be a CNA. And I think I wasn't actually able to take the test till September. Um, but I started working at the hospital. We have a level one trauma center in downtown Colorado Springs. And, um, I did my clinical rotations there in the critical care unit, um, to, for the last part of my CNA program. So I got a job there in November and I love it. I work three twelves and I love being in the ICU. It's super entertaining. It's a level one trauma center. So we get all the good trauma come through all the good gunshots and car accidents and motor, like motorcycles, strokes. Um, it was full of COVID when I started, and now we don't even have one COVID in there. So that's kind of a nice, nice progression. Um, but I just love it. I love learning. Um, I love the health field. It's been super interesting. Um, I'm currently working on prereqs for nursing. Um, I've got quite a few to take since I have to redo everything since my bachelor's of 20 years ago. So between school and, and work, it's been, I've been running quite a bit. Um, I just got a dirt bike, so I, I hope to ride that more. Um, I don't ride my bike much. I think I've ridden a handful of times since January and that handful of time was in Moab with, uh, friends from work. So, um, it's very different, but I, I don't miss bike racing at all. I don't miss any bit of it. Um, I don't miss the travel, the racing, the training, the stress, um, contract to contract. I've got full benefits now, like, which is <laughs> wow. amazing. Like I've got great health insurance, which is the first time since I was, you know, 20, 24, whatever, when I was my parents insurance that it was good. So, um, I love it. <laughs> it's, huh. it's a good change. It's a whole new world and doesn't sound like you mind. It's a whole new world. And granted the transition to get to this point was brutal. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish, um, this transition on anyone really. I mean, bike racing when you're, you know, retiring is hard anyways, but, um, right. to kind of have to leave like everything, you know, and everything you've done for your whole life and start all over. Um, that just adds another <laughs> layer yeah. of stress and anxiety and, um, just difficulty to it. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So can I ask what, like, what's your infatuation with like trauma, blood and, <laughs> and it's, broken bones and all that? Um, it's not so Where, much. Where'd that come from? Um, I've asked, I mean, I've always loved it. Like I thought about going to medical school when I was doing my undergrad, um, but I was busy bike racing and 
I wanted to do that more. I didn't want to have to study so much. And then, um, yeah, so I think I've just always had an interest in the health field and healthcare. Um, and so right now I think it just fits. Like I just, I can read about the human body and just learn about it all day and, and never get bored. Um, and the gore, the blood, that's, that doesn't bother me at all. So, um, that's just interesting. And then it's just huh. inter like, there's so much going on. It's never a dull moment. Like a 12 hour shift finishes in a blink of an eye sometimes because I'm just busy all day helping the nurses. Um, and then just learning from them. Um, so there's always something new to learn. Um, and then just the challenge of, you know, seeing a patient come in that's, you know, full on barely holding on to life and like watching the doctors and nurses, like just, it's just, it's just kind of like a calm orchestrated, like thing they go through that. It's just, it's amazing to watch them work and like help be part of that and help them. Um, so it's just kind of fascinating to see how, how much it takes to, you know, keep somebody alive who's on the edge of not being alive. Um, and all the drugs and medications that are given and the care that happens in like a quick two minutes, um, or even four minutes or six minutes, depending on how well they're doing. But it's, it's pretty incredible to watch. And I, and I like, uh, I like being part of that. Huh. That, that mm -hmm. must be absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, what is your bedside manner like? You you have to be tough as nails. Do you ever just want to say, "Come on, you pansy, like harden up"? <laughs> no, I never. I never say that. I'm actually pretty good. Like I'm pretty. Uh, I've been through a lot of health stuff on my own, so I can understand like the pain or the stress that they're going through. Like obviously not some of the extent, but you know, when you've, you're laid up for a month with an injury, I've been there like in a different way, but with my leg pains, not being able to walk for a month. Like I know the feelings of having to completely change your life from one, you know, you know, from one day, one episode where you go from walking and being normal to now you're in a car accident and you're paralyzed neck down. Like right. it's such a huge change in your life. Like I, I can empathize with that. Um, and like having to start all over. Yeah. It's in a different scenario, of course, but, um, I can, I just, I can feel for them and, and help them encourage them to, to get better. Um, and just, yeah, I think, let me see, I think for the depression part or for, um, like some of the like patients that come through, um, there are a lot of them dealing with like attempted suicide or, um, just issues with, uh, mental health, um, and having gone through some of that now too, like, I just, I can feel for him. And so I'm pretty he, sensitive and empathetic with them, I guess. Yeah. I, it, after, I suppose thinking about like all of the time you spent being on the, the other side, you would develop empathy. Yeah. Uh, like you said, mentally and physically. Yeah. Yeah. And so. then like, I mean, I've had plenty of injuries and plenty of road rash, so I know, I know how it feels to tear off a bandage, and <laughs> I don't know. It just, yeah, I I can feel for him. I've had enough, yeah, struggles huh. that I can, um, yeah, kind of connect with what they're going through a bit. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. Lucky them. 
<laughs> Lucky them. Sometimes I just like, and also, if you think about the patient, they're in their most vulnerable, scared, painful, confused um, state, and they right. don't understand. And especially the head injuries, they're just confused. They don't understand. So there's like a different level of patience you have to you have to have to kind of let them know you're giving them care in a safe environment that they're not just going to freak out. And cause we've had that too. Like people come in and they're freaked out. They have no idea what's going on. They don't understand. Yeah. Um, and I like think you, you are okay. You are in a safe place right here. Yeah. 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 So, um, that's part of it too. Just kind of understanding how people, the emotions of certain people and how to react, I guess. And your um, your vision is to get your full nursing, like be full WAC nurse. Yeah, um, an RN, of course. Um, RN, yeah. Yeah, and then I registered want, nurse. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I want to. How long will that take? It's going to take a while. I uh, I haven't really thought about the big picture. I'm just like doing one step at a time. Because <laughs> like, Dig it. yeah, there's just a lot. I want to do critical care, so there's more on top of that, and then. Um, I was also thinking about, I really like wound care. So, um, I might kind of look into the wound care side. So I'm not quite sure what I want to do or how far I'm going to take it just yet. Well, super cool. And Mm -hmm. it feels like it was the right way to go. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it in your Porsche Yeah. (laughs) when we were uh, cruising around a few years ago. Yeah. I just wish I would have done it. I wish I would have quit bike racing five years ago. And gotten started with yeah, this, yeah. but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of amazing. Um, so, what? I, hmm. I've had this discussion with some other friends, and I even think about it myself. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I started racing in nineteen eighty five, yeah. I still like pinning a number on, <laughs> even though I'm so far away from competitive. And I still feel like, oh, I got to get out on my bike and I got to do some training. And on the other hand, it's like, I'm slow and I mean, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. super hard for me to transition to, hey, I'm just going to ride my bike for fun. And if I don't want to ride my bike, I'm not going to ride my bike and not feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if I'm feeling that, and I mean, my life was a freaking cat three, um, how is that for you? And I, I know you mm-hmm. left not on your terms, <laughs> no. but you still left. You still, yeah. Yeah. you still left. And I, I talked to Stephen Hyde about it too, yeah. like right as he was transitioning out and mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit lost. All I've known is my bike. Yep. Um, what goes through your head as you transition out of pinning a number on mm-hmm. into a whole different life? Um, relief, to be honest, like I don't miss bike racing. I don't miss being competitive. I don't miss any of what it takes to go fast. I'm not fast anymore. Um, I have some good basic fitness for sure, but I also never ride my bike hard. Um, I don't have to deal with any more asthma and allergies because I'm not breathing that hard. It's just great. Um, I think I don't miss it because I spent, I've been racing my bike since I was eight years old. I've been pinning right. a number on and doing it and, and like working hard for it. And 
I've traveled the world and done so many things through bike racing, which I, you know, I wouldn't trade for anything. Cause like the experiences were amazing. The places we went were amazing. Like I really enjoyed that part of it, but I don't miss being competitive and I don't miss pinning a number on. And it's something I'll probably never do again. Like uh, the only thing that, as unfortunate is the fact that I didn't know my last bike race is going to be my last bike race. Um, so that kind of sucks because my last race was worlds and it fucking sucked anyway. And then that whole season was so awful and I hated every minute of it. So I'm just right. like, I'm kind of like, I'm disappointed that my last time I raced, it was such an awful experience that that's what I get to remember. So that was probably like the, the worst part of it, but like, I don't miss racing at all. So huh. yeah, that's not, that, that's interesting. I'm going to ever do again. I don't know if you paid attention. Mm -hmm. I did the, uh, Holy week of cross with, uh, Courtney McFadden who mm -hmm. also hung up the pinning a number on yeah. last fall. Yeah. And I'm like, do you have FOMO? Do you wish you were on it? And she's like, not, not at, at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. Not at huh. all. And interesting. like, I just, I don't know. I've made, let me see. I've tried it to like put my life into like the first part and the second part. So it's like the first part of my life was bike racing and being an athlete and doing that part. And then now my second part is going to be exercising for fun, running more and, um, riding the dirt bike more <laughs> and doing healthcare stuff. Like that's what, my transition is going to be. And like, I love the fact that I've got a wonderful support network. I got great friends. Um, I'm growing relationships at work with like, um, coworkers and colleagues and such. And it's just fun. It's a totally different mentality and it's super nice to not have to be around elite athletes all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's nice to be around normal people who eat normal things and exercise. Like I was going to ask about food. Do you eat differently? <laughs> no, no. I still, I still have the food allergies, so I still eat well. Um, yeah. And if I don't, I get stomach aches and digestion issues. So it's not like I can eat any differently. I'm still eating the same. Um, it's just that I don't have to worry about being skinny, which is really nice because that was something I struggled. I've always struggled with always been like a big girl and thick skinned. So I always had to work really hard to try to stay lean or skinny yeah. or not carry the extra weight. So I don't miss that at all. <laughs> what makes you feel like you need to run? Um, why do you run? I mostly I run for the mental health part. Like that was one thing that kind of what I realized when I stopped training is the depression kicked in really bad because I wasn't exercising. I went from training and I think I was using that to kind of help my, like modulate my, my moods and my depression without like recognizing it. So once I stopped training, um, they were exercising and then just got busy trying to figure out my life and start school and find a job and such. Um, I just didn't care. So I was just focusing on, paying bills and uh USADA stuff that I didn't exercise and then it kind of just got worse and worse and worse to a point where I was like I have to get help um I can't live like this anymore so um I started running basically because that's what I had time in the day to do and I just go part of it I started running because I would just go out on the trail 
and just run until I didn't feel so shitty. And then, Ooh. but that didn't work because then I, I still felt shitty. <laughs> and now my legs hurt. So I was like, well, this hasn't helped quite a bit. Um, but it was my attempt to be like, I need to get outside. I need to exercise for the mental health part. Um, and then in that process, I just realized I really like running more than I like riding my bike. Um, huh. especially when it's super windy here in the spring. And I mean, we've got 30, 40, 50 mile an hour winds. And it's been like that for three weeks now. And between the fires and the wind, I'm just like, I haven't ridden my road bike for a year and a half. So I don't know if I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, uh, I don't, blame I know you. it's a great bike. And um, it's beautiful. Unless it's a tailwind. <laughs> yeah, but I got to get back from Kansas somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, that's called a bus. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. Go yep. Greyhound. Have, It'll have, uh... take me two days to get back. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, do you smile when you run now? Some days. Yeah, some days it feels really great. And other days um, I'm doing it for the because I have to and I need to. Um, but those days yeah. it's actually, I'll either take my dog out cause she's only good for like three or four miles at a slow pace. Um, or I'll take her and I'll do a run walk. I'll go out there and just be like, I don't feel like running. I'm just going to walk. And I love the fact that I can do it. Um, I don't have to worry about training or being fit. I can just literally go by feel and go hard if I feel like it or walk if I want to. And it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Uh, do you, mm -hmm. as an athlete, I feel like, like I need to sign up for a half marathon to get me out running mm -hmm. on a consistent basis. Do you, any part of that? Nope. True. Do you have to sign up for something? Nope. 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 The only way I'll sign Wait. up for like a running race is if, uh, I'm doing it for fun for a supported run with an aid station. Um, and with my brother, cause yeah. my brother runs quite a bit. Um, he does a lot of oh, cool. 30 K's and I think he's even done a 50 K I'm sure. But, um, he encouraged me to get out too. So like, I like to do that so I can do events with him if I decide to, but yeah, that's, super I don't cool. know. I like, it's actually kind of a relief just to exercise and not have to worry about speed of it. Um, yeah. And never having to worry about speed. I can just go and do what I need to do. It's mostly so I can like continue eating like when I'm hungry and then I can have alcohol and not get fat. <laughs> so, I mean, there's different priorities now. It's, um, yeah. not getting fat, staying healthy and hanging out with friends. So it's kind of a nice change. Huh. <laughs> what, what is your spirit of choice? Wine, mm -hmm. alcohol, beer. It depends. Like, uh, I go through stages. Like when it's cold, I'll drink red wine. Um, if I'm like after a ride or something, I might make myself a skinny margarita or, um, mm. I love myself a gin and tonic too. So huh, it just nice. depends on what I'm in the mood for. Um, yeah. And I, I adjust the drinks depending like yesterday I had a margarita post run that I just use like a scoop of amino acids, um, which are no calories. And then like an orange and, or a clementine and a lime margarita, like in tequila, with some frozen blueberries to make it a frozen one in a blender. And it's perfect. It sounds it's perfect. delicious. And it's not, um, a, my mouth yeah, and it's not a ton of calories, mostly just the tequila and the blueberries. Right. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. And blueberries ain't bad. Nope. That's for sure. Antioxidants. So 
Yep. I think it's a healthy way to go. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, Katie, mm-hmm. I, I'd love to talk to you about your experience with WADA. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm going to probably say more than I should editorially. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like you got fucked. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel like in the in the U.S. justice system, <laughs> they say that you're innocent until proven guilty. I don't know that that's necessarily accurate. But, mm-hmm. um, but that's what they say. And it feels like that's not true when it comes to athletes in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the girl who was... Uh, um, the runner kicked out of the Olympics yeah. for smoking. Yeah. Smoking pot. Oh, well, yeah. The, um, she did. Shelby Houlihan. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. uh, Shakira. Yep. Um, like, it's just like, you're gone. I, I guess unless you're a Russian, uh, teenager, in which case it's like, eh, whatever, go ahead and skate. Yeah. That was another editorial comment. <laughs> um, yeah. but it just doesn't feel like you have any rights. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, honestly, so like, the anti-doping system doesn't follow the U.S. criminal justice system. Um, correct. I, so that's part of it. Correct. It's like you're not innocent until you're proven guilty. You're guilty until you're proving proving your innocence. Which And they don't give you representation, so you have to pay for your lawyer. You have to pay for your defense. Um, they, they pretty much tie your hands as much as they can to not give you any information or any evidence that they have to make your job extra hard to fight. So it's like... And... The lawyers that they say know about USADA, there's only two of them, and um, that I that I saw. Um, but one of them, like they play for both sides, and so you can't even trust oh. the lawyer that you that you you know pay a lot of money to help you. So it's there's so many things wrong with the USADA system. Um, I never thought that until I went through it, but now that I've gone through it. Um, I don't, wouldn't trust USADA to do anything right. Um, I don't think they're trying to help clean athletes. Um, I think they're pretty happy getting positives because it makes them look good and they keep getting funding from the U S government. If, um, if they've got positives to, so they're doing a good job. Um, but. Which really isn't different than the justice system. Yeah, but at least the justice system, you get a lawyer, you know, if you can't afford one. True. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yep, you're right. Um, yeah, there are Yeah. checks and balances a little bit in yeah, there. Yeah, and like, yeah, and they're like, I've got a lot of issues with that. And I mean, I could talk your ear off and probably give you hours of in- <laughs> information about it. Granted, I've been trying to just let it go and move on and just being like, it's just the sucky way to end my career. Um it was kind of like <laughs> my worst nightmare came true. And I'm like, seriously, this is the way I'm going to go out. Right. Um, yeah. So that was sad, but I, I am trying to just fucking put it behind me and move on. And I did everything in my power to be clean and race clean. Um, and, and I still don't know what or how anything got in my system. Um, and so that's frustrating. Cause like, I would love to know, um, and I never will. And I think that's also part of it. Do do you argue that their finding was incorrect? I mean, is that I've really never heard you say that like that shit wasn't in there. Because I don't know. And that's the thing is like, I'm not going to lie about it. Um, 
I don't know if it was legitimate or not. And that's also part of it. Like, so I don't know this. I don't know how much this I didn't think I put it in the news. I may have done some podcasts and spoke about it. Um, but I find it interesting is that I've been in the ad a competition pool and getting tested since I was like 15, 16. Like my whereabouts, I used to submit paper whereabouts back before the Internet. You know, like that's how right. long I have been in the whereabouts program getting drug controls. Um, and so that's from when I was 15 till 43, like that's a lot of years and a lot of tasks. And that's just USADA. That's not WADA. That's not, um, NADA. That's not any other doping that comes to test me. Um, and so I've never had a positive in all that time. And then the one day I, I talked to the ITA and gave them a ton of info about how people get away with doping in Belgium and point out riders and give them information. And, you know, this, that's the exact same day they open a sample of mine that was negative six months prior. And now it's positive the same fucking day I talked to the ITA. That's not coincidental. Like, and right. you thought I was like, Oh no, we, we looked in that. That, that's, that, that didn't happen. Like, it's fine. Like that wasn't coincidental. And I'm like, really, did you really look into it? But I, I don't know if they did. There's no um, oversight in the LA lab. Like I was in there and there was manager didn't walk through once. Like everybody, every lab personnel, they're all up on their own to like do the testing and they could easily add something to the sample. There's no oversight right. there. Um, and there's two, there's two women working with my sample who were straight off the boat from Eastern Europe. I know how it works over there. I know Ooh. how much, bribery and cash bribes that were that happens i mean i've heard stories from yeah. legitimate people in belgium it's the way they make tests go away you know they just bribe them with cash and all of a sudden you got positive tests that go away so it's like it happens and like i give all this information to the ita but whether they investigate i don't know whether they care to whether they have the money to honestly i don't know it could have just been something I ate. I had Costco ribs. I had meat from Costco the night before. And beef in the U.S., they use testosterone to fatten them up. I don't know why, because, right. but yeah, so it could have been that too, but I don't know. And I, I will never know. I just know that. And there's no way to go back. Six months later, there's no way to go back. Six, yeah, exactly. Especially when. Yeah. I was got the confirmation letter from USADA that says my sample was clean. Um, and I'm right. not like, it's no right. issue. So six months later, what am I going to do? I'm like, what are you guys talking about? So I don't know. So I will never figure that out. I'll never know. And that kind of makes me the most upset because I know I didn't take anything. My supplements were clean. Um, I've been clean my entire life. I would never do that. Um, I'm an honest person. Um, yeah, I would just never do it. And I have always felt that about you. Um, obviously, I don't yeah. know. I don't live with mm -hmm. you. I don't mm -hmm. eat with you. I don't have any idea. But I do yeah. trust you, and I always have. And that's fair. Like, um, there's going to be people who believe that, and that's fair because they don't know me. But, like, the people who know me, they know my integrity. They know I'm honest. They know how I feel against doping. Like, they know it. Would, I would never do it. Um, 
Right. And those are the people that I care about. Those are the people that matter to me. And so I definitely had to go through the, um, trying to just like process the emotions of like only caring what the people close to me, like see me where everybody else, they don't even fucking know me. They don't know the details. They don't know who I am. They see me on Instagram or riding a bike. And I'm like, eh, yeah. that's what I do, but that's not me. So I definitely had to kind of come to terms with how people perceive me that I don't know. Like I used to care what they think. <laughs> and now I'm just like, you know what? I'm a pretty great person. I'm pretty fun to hang out with. And uh, it's your yeah, loss. <laughs> for sure. Did you feel like you had a scarlet letter on your forehead for a bit? Um, I still do. Yeah. I don't, you yeah. Do. I don't think that'll ever go away. Yeah. Um, huh. I mean, I don't hang around at bike races. I'll probably never go to bike race. Um, but I, I get that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Does that piss you off? Not being welcomed or not feeling welcomed in that crowd. When we talked in your Porsche, yeah. you said you'd could envision doing some coaching mm -hmm. or something involved mm -hmm. in the cycling industry, whatever mm -hmm. that might be. Does it kind of piss you off that that's doesn't feel like an option today? Oh yeah. It, it makes, it pisses me off because it kind of like reduced my ability to earn money in the sport doing like announcing or coaching or staying involved with it somehow, some way. So that kind of piss, pisses me off because through no fault of my own, cause I didn't take anything. Um, I, have to suffer all the consequences of having a positive doping control when I know I didn't take anything. So it's like, it's the same thing. Yeah. I think someone would feel if you get, you know, you go to prison for something you didn't do, you know, you didn't do it, but like, right. <laughs> you can't prove it and you're screwed either way. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, um, I am curious. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a fan. I'm not a super geeky yeah. fan. I don't whatever. But I am a fan of the sport. I'm the fan of yeah. sports. Yeah. You know, running, cycling, skiing, yeah. whatever. Like I love all that. Um, Tonerts gets popped. Oh, I know. Last, I don't know October. I don't was, remember when he did this winter. It was sometime January is like two weeks before Worlds is when he had t got the test. That's right. Yeah. He wasn't at Worlds. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like. But again, was his thing? I have no I idea. Know. How do we know? We don't know. How do we don't know? And that's and the thing we... is like, I use the way I used to think before that happened. I'm just like, oh, for sure that person's doping. Like they got caught. And now I'm like, wait a second, maybe not. There's other options for testing positive, and just because they test positive isn't guaranteed they actually took something. Um, I just don't trust the system to catch dopers anymore. I don't know. Like, I'm sure some yeah. of them do, but then it's just tough because everybody uses the same excuses and I never took anything. So it's like everybody cries wolf, nobody believes it. Um, but there are some people who actually didn't take anything and we can't right. prove it. Right. So right. I feel for them. I don't know. I don't know how that situation is. I haven't paid attention to it. Um, I don't know where he is in the process. Um, I, yeah. I have no idea either. And I, I haven't really paid attention since the shock wore off, yeah. but, um, but I guess the question is like, even watching, you know, I'm, I'm watching the mountain bike world cups yeah. and freaking Tom Pitcock just <laughs> rides away from everybody. Yeah. yeah. 
And how do you trust that? Yes. How do you, I mean, what's the fan to do, I guess? So, yeah. Which I know, like, that. not your, not your worry, <laughs> well, but. Well, here's the thing. Um, like, my logic is um, there's always an exception. There's always somebody who is that much better than everybody else. I would say there's one here, one there, one there, but there's always somebody who's just that good. The sad thing is, is we'll never know if it's 100% clean because of you can't trust anybody. You can't trust the system. So, I mean, I used to be that person too, who could ride off the front and be super fast and good. And I know I was doing it clean. Um, I know it's possible. Um, and yeah. he's also amazingly talented. Like there's a few cyclists that stand out as just being like amazingly talented. And I do think there's always going to be those people. Um, I think we have to, I don't know, maybe not trust the system or just use it as pure entertainment and not give a shit if they are or not. Um, I mean, if you really, that's probably the answer. Like, I don't know if there is a good answer, but it's like, are you entertained by it? Great. If you're not, then don't watch it. Um, I do love watching phenomenal rides like that. I do love watching people like Tom Pitcock, um, be so strong and be as good as they are. Um, but we'll never know. And if, I don't right. trust the dope controls. I don't trust the way they do it. I don't trust the system. Um, yeah, it's, we'll never know. We'll never know. Huh. <laughs> crazy. It is crazy, isn't it? But again, mm-hmm. you're right. Like the whole Barry Bond, Sammy Sosa, home mm-hmm. run derby. Like, yeah, I mean, it was fun I think to watch. what we should find and focus on more importantly is if you're really wondering if somebody's doping or not, look at how quickly they get good. You know, look at how quickly their body changes. Look at the fact that if you look at the women's Peloton, I'm not going to name names, but you can easily pick it up by just looking at photos over four or five year progression. Women that look like women five years later look like 12 year old boys where their bodies are actually changing. They're not anorexic, but they're awfully skinny Um, and they're super strong. So it's like when you're anorexic, you've got a different look to you than if you're just losing weight and getting smaller. Um, but that's something I noticed for the last like two or three seasons when I was racing, like people were just getting smaller and so much faster. And it's like, I find that super suspicious, um, especially the way women, we don't lose weight that easily and that quickly. And our, our bone structure, structure doesn't change. Like our hips don't get smaller. Our hips don't get narrower. Like, our pelvis doesn't right. change from losing weight. Well, these, like the girls, you can Correct. look at them. Their pelvis is changing to the point they're losing their hips. So if like, go, oh. if you go back and look at photos from riders, good ones, five years ago on podium shots, six years ago till now, just look at the difference. It's yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. You should. I will do that. I do have photos from yeah. five or six and like, years especially ago. the top riders top women riders. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name categories or disciplines because I did what I could and I ended up in this situation. So. Right, right, right. (laughs) I'm not asking you to for sure. Um, Uh, Do you still follow the sport at all? Like do you pay attention to anything? Not at all. I don't follow it. I don't watch it. Um, The only thing I do is I kind of keep tabs on it a bit here and there. But I stopped following a lot, most of the cyclists I followed. Um, I don't pay attention to it. Um, I, I had to do that for my mental health mainly. It was too painful. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It's just too hard to see. So I realized like once I just stopped completely, I was so much better. And so now I'm just like committed yeah. to like, what am I doing? Why am I looking at it? It's not entertaining to me. I've been there, done that. Um, I know what, how fake it is when everybody's talking about how wonderful it is for tra- to train for five hours. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, no not. it's not. That's no fun. It was raining oh in the God. headwind the whole dang it day. Horrible. It was horrible. And I'm like, yeah. I don't miss doing intervals yeah. and I don't miss faking it when it's been like a shitty day on the bike and I have to post something that says like, this is the best thing ever. I love riding my bike on a beautiful day. <laughs> I was like, no, I love sitting on the couch when it's 30 mile an hour winds and 55 degrees and, you know, I'm going to watch Netflix or study. <laughs> and I'm so much happier. <laughs> <laughs> You sound human. You sound like a human being. Yes. I mean, actually. it's definitely taken me a long time to get here. Um, and again, I'll, I got to thank my therapist there, but, and amazing friends, but it's definitely, I feel like I'm, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, I wonder, I, you've been coming to Jingle Cross for mm-hmm. a long time and I don't know if you've seen that it's. No, I haven't. No, no, no more. more not at all. Not even like a um, regular race, like a C one or C two. Nothing really. Nothing. Nope. Oh, that's too bad. That was a yeah. that was a great race and great venue. It, it was. Um, what's a favorite memory from Jingle? Asks the guy from <laughs> Iowa. Um, I mean, winning in uh, one, I don't know yeah, when yeah. I won the World Cup there. I don't know when year that was, but yeah, that was the first yeah, World Cup. That was pretty great. That was probably the best memory from Jingle for sure. Because yeah, I'm, I remember I crashed and separated my AC joint there or SC joint, my sternum clavicle, which is really hard to do. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that was the only time I had a good race there. I think I don't. I don't know. It's a tough one. Huh, maybe. Yeah. I'd have to go back. Um, you would, When you say that, do you want to know what my memory... I don't know that anybody on mm-hmm. earth knows this except for Jeff Corcoran. But um, it was the last... It, I think you guys did like 36 minutes. Yeah. The race was short. Um, and I was ill-prepared. And it's like, oh my God, that was the last lap. I got to get to the finish line. And you know how the finish line for the like C1, C2 races was down at yeah. the end of the gravel and then the World Cup yeah. was on the pavement? I went oh, to the no. gravel finish line and completely missed really? your finish. The first World oh. Cup in, in <laughs> well, I guess, uh, yeah. Las Vegas. But, um, yep, I totally oh, missed I'm your sorry. finish. That was totally missed your finish. finish. That was definitely Super a fun funny. finish. I remember that. That felt pretty great. Um, yeah, but yeah. I was also pretty pissed that they did they cut us short so many times. Um, maybe not that day, yeah, but that was super, that was super short. short. I hate it when they did like world cups at like, I remember one year at Nelmay, they did 35 minutes or something. I'm like, seriously? Like oh, that's wow. Yeah. All for Belgian TV Probably, or what? They got to get the men's interviews in, be- you know, before their race starts. So they're definitely focused on right, always right, focused right. on the men and what they're doing. So yeah, but that's too bad. Crazy days. <laughs> I know. I yeah. I thankfully Cork yeah. was there and and uh, he got us. Okay, he got us your good. post because up, like so. I think it, it was I don't know. Yeah, somebody yeah. sent me a photo. Not, maybe it was Will Matthews of that finish line. I've got a great photo of that somewhere. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, it was a great, yeah. it was a great moment <laughs> that I will never know about. Yeah, just the crowds were so they're stoked. They were so stoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jingle was always. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, carnival atmosphere, yeah. especially in the <laughs> snow and mud and rain of November, yeah. December. Yeah. But we'll we'll definitely miss that race. We'll miss, uh, you know, the whole circus coming to yeah, Iowa for, sure. for the tough. weekend. But yeah, we'll we'll march up to mm -hmm. Waterloo. Is that race is still going? Sure. I assume. Yeah, Waterloo and Fayetteville okay. will host the oh, World so Cup this okay. year. Well, that's so that's good. Yeah, yep. I, yeah, yep. it is. I luckily don't have to pay any attention to it because like one of the bonuses about finishing my career this way is I could finally get off the cross board at USA Cycling. <laughs> I was like trying Perfect. to get off the board because like Perfect. it's a whole That's lot beautiful. of talking and not a lot of doing. And I was like, this is such a waste of time. And I finally like, yeah, uh, which is yeah. funny because nobody like reached out to me afterwards. Nobody said anything, but like. I just stopped getting, e yeah, oh yeah, really? I just stopped getting emails about it. Yeah, USA Cycling, I thought for sure huh. somebody would reach out, but nope, not a bit. Shocking, oh, shocking, I know, right? Well, you know who your friends are if they're still friends after a yes. hard day, I mean, there's right? two people at USA Cycling that did, but I was friends with them anyways, it just nobody else did, so I was like, yeah, whatever. Huh. So, yeah, that's on. what they do. They don't. Yeah. Yep. But so good. I don't have to volunteer any more time and do anything else <laughs> and be unappreciated. So yeah, I don't miss that. So you are buzzing around on your new bike <laughs> that has a motor on it. Mm -hmm. um, have you gotten out on uh, it? Not enough. Much? I got it. I got out the first weekend I got it. Um, but then I had finals and a paper to write and then work the following week. Um, so I haven't been able to ride it again, which I'm pretty, pretty bummed about. And then I, it was a surprise. So I didn't like, so I planned my schedule at work like three months in advance. And so oh, I wasn't planning right. to have a dirt bike and go riding with friends on the weekend, but like my friends, I set right. it up. So I work a lot of Saturdays or Sundays and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> now, like, <laughs> Right now, uh, now I'm working exactly. and everyone's out so, playing. Yeah, I got to figure that out. Like, I don't know. I got to figure it out. But I think I looked at my schedule. I think I've got a few Saturdays off in June. Um, and hopefully <laughs> I'll ride more because <laughs> I, I feel I, I feel like you have picked a good uh, career path. Yeah. To compliment that thing <laughs> so that you can tell somebody how to like put your shoulder back in place to get you back to, I know. Uh, you know, back to. Yeah. Well, the funny whatever. thing is, as soon as I, uh, like I post on Instagram and a few of my coworkers follow me on Instagram, but like, um, they're like, you got a dirt bike. Uh, I was like, yeah. They're like, seriously, with all the motorcycle accidents we've had this last month, you got a dirt bike. <laughs> Oh, right. Well, yeah, you see them when oh they come God, in, don't yes. you? We try to, you know, yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that probably convinced me to like stay at 20 miles an hour on the. Yeah. yeah. On the well, and the funny thing is, is like most of them are street bikes, like most of them are street bikes. Most of them are people that are, are riding right. not so smart. Um, we've had two dirt bike riders in there. Um, one just the bike got away from him and he balled himself up right into a tree. And then another one's at the motocross track. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean it happens, mm. but they're they were the least injured of the motorcycle riders. So 
you know, I would worry more about a street huh. bike than a dirt bike. Yeah, that's. But that's. Yeah, I would do. I that I would do. I'm really happy to know the people in the ICU, just in case. <laughs> I'll get you'll get really good, good care, care there for sure, and. And like I said, you'll be able to instruct whoever you're with. Okay, like put my shoulder here. All right, strap yeah. it this way. I won't way. need okay. to. They're so good. good go. I won't even need to. I'll just be like, give me the drugs, put me to sleep, fix it, and then <laughs> wake me up in four days. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, well, Katie, I'm gonna let you go. I really appreciate. I, I hesitated um, sending mm-hmm. you a note, but. Uh, what did I see? I saw something that I'm like, ah, I really want to talk to Katie. Oh, about really? This. Well, um, okay. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, that's and that's okay. why I sent the yeah. sent the okay. note when I did. Um, but uh, I appreciate your willingness to kind of dive into the the yeah. past a little bit and and share yeah, your experience no, and no problem. Um, Hopefully, athletes gain more rights. Um, as time they won't. On. Like the only way they'll get more rights is through changing USADA law but who knows how to do that like I don't know like um, right I would say like if anybody needs help <laughs> I've got plenty of advice on what not to do um, and not and, and yeah. who not yeah, to hire fair. to represent you so yeah you know yeah. That, that alone might be good advice or good information. yeah I mean I think part of it is like you're better off just representing yourself and saving your money and at least telling your story than you are listening to somebody who doesn't really care about your best interest. Um, so I'll just say like, Is yeah, that the lawyer I, in hindsight. And after talking yeah. to a couple athletes, um, who also worked with him, they weren't super happy with how everything turned out either. Um, and had I, if I did it again, I would, I would have picked a different lawyer and fought a little differently. So lesson learned the hard way yet again. That's the story of my life. Yes. So. I mean, I guess, thankfully you, you know, were at the final lap of your career. So it's not like you're fighting to, if anything, it was, probably just the the push I needed to get out of it because like I had thought about retiring anyway and then um Mark was like well let's just get home and reevaluate <laughs> and then I was like I can't do this again like I am so miserable and I hate every bit of it and then then the USADA stuff <laughs> I got the email from USADA like the next day and I was like <laughs> holy shit it got worse How's it possible? There's a sign. Yeah. And then I was like, I am done. Yeah. I am so done. So I just, I mean, I fought long enough to spend too much money and realize I'm not going to win the battle. And then, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. So here I am. Much happier. Yep. Yeah. Indeed. Very cool. So. Well, I, uh, I'd love to uh, yeah. keep in touch sometime, sometime yeah, somewhere, Yeah, well, you've got my somehow. number, so you can shoot me a text. Um, I don't know what my life's going to look like in the bike racing world. I probably won't um, be at races, but you've got my number, so. <laughs> you know, I am I am going to call you. We were uh, last yeah. March, so a year ago, coming back from um, uh, Summit oh, County. Nice, we were skiing nice. at Copper Mountain. 
and uh, we got trapped in that mm-hmm. March storm. So we were stuck in Colorado Springs overnight, and I think we ended up in the oh, seediest gosh. Motel oh, 8 I, that, I, uh, that Colorado Springs has to offer. I hope it wasn't off like offer. Nevada. But <laughs> okay. I couldn't tell you where it was. It was on the way okay. out of town, and we got where we could get. Yeah. It was a crazy storm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was bad. I can but, imagine, because like, I know the Super 8's um, in town. They're, they're definitely seedy hotels. They might even do hourly rates. <laughs> I, I think they did. I think they did offer <laughs> hourly rates, yeah. 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 We slept in our clothes and put our coat on oh top of the pillow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I we we tried yeah. to not touch yeah. anything. And that's like Mark uh, and I. It's kind of yeah. gross. But anyway, next time we get in that situation, I'm calling you like, "Hey, yeah. can we have yeah. a floor?" I'll give you my couch and you can cuddle with dogs. <laughs> Fair enough. That's perfect. Yep, okay. we're good with dogs. That works. We will do that. All right. Well, uh, take care. It's great to see you smiling and uh, off on a new career. And um, I wish you the best. And then, uh, yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Dave. Good talking to you. It sure was good to talk to Katie. She is a legend in cycling, and I wish her the best and brightest future in healthcare and dirt biking. I can't thank her enough for agreeing to be on Bike Talk with Dave, and I can't thank you enough for listening. I'd love it if you'd subscribe and give this show a review and a rate on your favorite platform. If you'd like to support the show, look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com. I really appreciate your support. I'll put a link in the notes. Bike Talk with Dave is a production of Summit Media. Give us a follow on Instagram at Summit Media Films or myself at dmabel122. Thanks. Tons for listening. I hope you have a great week.